we have a couple of administrative things on the agenda. Uh, approval of minutes. Has everyone had a chance to review the September 14th minutes? I'll take a motion to approve the minutes. Dr. Jerry. Uh, make a motion to approve the minutes as written. I'll second. Thank you. Anyone opposed? Hearing none. The minutes from September 14th are approved. Go to the minutes from October 12th. Has everyone had a chance to take a look at them? Yes. Yep. I'll take a motion to approve the minutes. Motion to approve the minutes is written. I'll second. Thank you. Um, anyone opposed to approval of the minutes? Hearing nine minutes from October 12th are approved. Uh, are there any public comments that have to do with other than the applications that we have before us? Not the applications. <coughs> we'll go to the first application for a setback variance, the application for the Hayden Heritage Center. Is there someone here representing the uh, Heritage Center? We have Laurel Watson, who's the curator for the Hayden Heritage Center on Zoom right now. Laurel, if you wanna unmute yourself. Hi, yes, Laurel Watson. I'm with the Hayden Museum. Thanks, Laurel. Do you want to tell us what this is about? Well, what we're doing is we're um, wanting to put up two loafing shed storage sheds, uh, 12 by 36 on the lot that the museum owns that is directly south of the present museum. Um, it's for some large items that we have stored outdoors, wagons predominantly, and some ag which we purchased in 2010 is uh, less than a less than a quarter acre. However, it's zoned um, agricultural forestry, which requires 50 foot setback. But as you can see, um, the lot doesn't even. Um, entail that much property. Uh, the structure that's shown on here was a, um, an old garage that we had uh, demoed back in 2013. It was structurally unsound, uh, had a board holding up the roof, which was frightening. Um, and so we would like to utilize this property. So we um, did get an approval for the conditional use permit, and now we need a variance permit. We are in the process of getting annexed into the town of Hayden. However, um, it's taking longer than we had anticipated. And some of these objects, which we have outdoors, just cannot withstand the winners here until this process is completed. Um, and so when we um, came up with the site plan, we were keeping it in, um, uh, consistent with the town of Hayden's commercial setbacks, which is zero. 
Um, we've been in talking with them. They, they are also um, assisting with this project uh, financially. Um, and so what we're hoping is that you would grant us the um, setbacks that we, we need for this property so we can put these two loafing sheds up and store these items um, so that we can maintain them. And a couple need uh, restoration but of course, if they're outside under tarps, it's regardless, it's irrelevant to restore some of these things. Gotcha. Staff comments? Staff comments. Yep. Um, Laurel did a great job explaining. Um, this is an incredibly small parcel. It's point one nine acres and it's zoned agricultural forestry, which our minimum lot size for an ag forestry zone parcel is 35 acres by today's standards. Um, she's also Ooh, accurate. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, pr it's pretty tiny. Um, she's also accurate in describing um, the fact that there isn't any buildable area that meets setbacks. I'll just bring up their site plan with the proposed loafing sheds here um, for context. Um, at no point um, is this parcel even a hundred feet from north to south um, in dimension. So they couldn't feasibly meet those 50 foot setbacks from either of those property lines. Um, the intent of these structures uh, is to not only store these historic items that were donated to them, um, but additionally display them. So when the museum's open, they're gonna be um, open to the public to walk past and look at these items that they're um, trying to save. And some of those items are old wagons and old thrasher, um, some old agricultural and mining equipment. Um, so pretty interesting project and a little different than um, what you guys would typically see going on an agricultural zone property. Um, and this is why they had to go through that conditional use permit process as well, which was approved last week. So this is the second you know, piece of this two-part process. Um, so what they're requesting is a four foot setback from the north property line, 27 feet from the west and 10 feet from the south. Um, and they're meeting the 50 foot setback from the east property line. So I will take any questions that the board might have at this time. This is Becky. I have a couple questions. Um, would the... I guess, first of all, does, does Hayden have um, setback requirements for a lot such as this? So as Laurel explained, this is part of this annexation project that the town of Hayden is currently doing. Um, it's a little complicated because they're not only annexing this parcel, but they're annexing um, a plethora of other parcels that are even smaller, um, as well as the museum parcel that the actual museum is located on just directly to the north. Um, what has become complicated and time consuming with that is um, the right of way ownership is by the railroad. Um, and there's a lot of quiet title work that they need to go through in order to complete that annexation. Um, so the town of Hayden is absolutely supportive of this application going through because they recognize how long it's going to take. Yeah, I, However, I, understand, I understand that. But my, my question is, if well, this will be zoned commercial in the town of Hayden once it's annexed, and the, that has a zero um, setback 
Okay, that was my question. But the other the other question was just looking at this, um, what you have on your screen right there. If you could scroll down a little bit to show that full parcel. Um, I'm wondering why it's uh, the sheds are placed where they are, so that that's the the one setback is only four feet instead of moving it to the east a little bit, and then it would be more in the center of the um, the lot, and the setback would be further. We wanted to try to preserve as much space as possible because you just never know. And also we have wood stored over um, on the lot, which we had gotten a conditional use um, several years ago. So this part section is all open. Uh, we also wanted it where it's got a straight line view from the museum um, so that we can see from a couple of the windows, we can see right down um, th the thoroughfare between those two structures, okay. uh, which we thought would be helpful. <laughs> okay, I, I figured there was a good reason. I just couldn't figure out what yeah. it was. <laughs> I know, it looks a little wonky. I say it's definitely to accommodate some future plans that the um, museum would like to put some additional structures on there in the future after the annexation takes place. Okay, um, thank you. Is the is Pearl Street physically there? Is it paved or? It is dirt, it's and I've got a picture for context. And the odd thing is that that pole, you can see the circle in the corner when we go back to there. Uh, the street is further out. It's kind of hard to see it on the... Um, on the actual picture. But if you look at it, see where the light pole is, the actual road they have graded, it, it is dirt. It's paved, poplar is paved. It's paved all the way up to the, um, and I don't have a pointer and I don't know why I'm pointing at the screen. Um, it is poplars paved all the way, <laughs> but West Pearl is dirt. So it goes. Is that on railroad property? The road is considered railroad. Um, I'm not sure if that's a, um, it's their property. They are aware of this project and have been pretty um, in the annexation process as well and have been um, as positive as they are. <laughs> okay. Further questions? Yes, it's Joella. Uh, what is the parking situation for visitors at the Heritage Center? So the parking is over at the Hayden Heritage Center. It's located kind of in that um, western corner of the Hayden Heritage Center. Is there any concern about pedestrian access to these loping sheds? There's talk about having them uh, be available for uh, people to walk over and look at the machinery that's stored there. How will pedestrians safely cross West Pearl, or is that just a non-issue? That was um, part of the review for that conditional use permit. So the actual use in the variance application, we only the setbacks are reviewed. Um, however, there weren't concerns during that planning commission review for the conditional use permit as far as pedestrian access across that road. 
One more question. Mm -hmm. um, we know that the Heritage Center 501c3 owns the property that's the subject of this variance. Do they also own the land that's underneath the Heritage Center itself? So that is owned by the town of Hayden. And that is one of these complicating factors of um, why they needed to go through that conditional use permit additionally is because they couldn't, they can't just combine these parcels because they're under different ownership. Um, so the Hayden Heritage Center, they manage and maintain the museum. The actual land is owned by the town of Hayden. And that in part is um, because it is outside the town of Hayden, the, them owning it allows them to collect taxes on the activities that happen there. Further questions of the applicant or staff? Close the meeting for discussion among the board members. Anybody got any observations they'd like to make? <clears throat> With the annexation ongoing, uh, I think that uh, we're in good shape to, to approve this. Um, makes sense for the uh, uh, Hayden Heritage Center to be able to uh, take care of the property that they have and they're willing to spend the money to put up the sheds. So I think it's a good idea. Especially with winter coming on. Yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Any other discussion? I'll entertain a motion to approve or disapprove the application. I would move to approve the application. Thank you, Becky. A second, please. I second that. Uh, who was that? Joella. Uh, Joella, we have... Uh, five members of the Board of Adjustment um, you can enter into discussions, but you cannot vote. And I think that that means that you cannot second a motion. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> um, Brian, just to cut in, um, um, I might have missed it. I was away from my computer. Um, did you call public comment? I don't know if there's any public for this call. I think most of it's for the second application. I did not. Uh, oh, thank okay. you. Reminder. No problem. Public comments with respect to this application. Hearing none, and we have a motion to approve. Is there a Don, Don Prowant, I'll second. Thank you. In favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing no opposition, the application is granted. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Folks. The next item on the agenda is uh, the Gooding setback variance. Is there someone uh, to appear on behalf of the applicant? Yes, this is Marsh Gooding speaking. Um, I'm the applicant, so thank you very much. A um, little bit of an introduction here. So this property is eight legal non-conforming lots. Um, 
They've been consolidated over the years, but they were originally created in 1892 as Prospect Heights. And we purchased them about five years ago um, from four different sellers, which included the county to kind of consolidate all of these under our ownership and have been working towards this development ever since. As part of that, we did go to the city to get an easement through city open space for the driveway alignment that we have um, through the city parks commission public hearing. And then we also have gotten uh, from city council up to four out of district sewer taps for the property. And so <clears throat> our application is a variance request for the location of one-to-one -one boulder retaining walls on slopes that are already existing at this point on site. Um, which were highlighted in yellow on the map that I provided. And as stated in the application, we, were, we are applying for all necessary retaining walls um, with the caveat being that we might not end up needing all of them pending final geotechnical reports from our consultant, Western Slope Geotech. And our intention is to leave any of the cut slopes that can remain unretained, unretained and only build the minimum number of one-to-one boulder retaining walls. Um, and some of them will be necessary, certainly on the fill slopes, uh, to access the easternmost lots and have a road that meets the uh, road and bridge and fire requirements for this. Um, so <clears throat> we did come to this board previously um, and had a, a different road approved with a residence as well. We let that lapse. Um, and so We've changed some things at this point. Um, but right now, all that we're asking for is the setbacks for the retaining walls. The homes, the home locations shown on that map were approximate and we put them there for context because that's the most likely location for homes on this site, but that's not what we're asking for here. Um, the road alignment itself kind of follows the site topography. Um, it's our our best case for meeting what the fire district has asked us to do. Um, and retaining walls are required for us to meet the width and grade standards and access all of these lots. Um, <clears throat> to respond to the um, section 3.4.6A of the county zoning regulations, um, I can just kind of run through them here. Standard one, um, the AF zone has 50 foot setbacks. Uh, this lot is, or these lots are 99 feet wide along the length of them. Um, so regardless of the widths, there is a, a zero foot building envelope. Um, and again, we're, we're talking about retaining walls here. Anything that's over four feet tall um, counts as a, as a structure. And so that's what we're applying for right now. Um, for standard two, the lots were created in 1892. So that was prior to any setback regulations, um, prior to our purchase. Standard three, um, it is a narrow site for the AF district uh, and the whole property is, is fairly steep. Um, and then standard four, so does not create an adverse impact on the value, use and enjoyment of adjacent properties. Um, so this application 
is related to the location of retaining walls, but the eventual development of the site also fits the character and typology of the neighborhood, which is largely residential right now. Um, you know, on the adjacent properties on Amethyst and across Spring Creek up on Ridgeview Drive. And then uh, <clears throat> in terms of neighbors, the city, city open space is a neighbor on one side. Um, that open space is pretty steep and leads down to County Road 34. And on the other side of County Road 34 is the Spring Creek Trail. The uh, City Parks Commission actually saw a public benefit to the road alignment that we currently have that kicks off of the county road because it gives an opportunity for a turnaround to improve public safety at the uh, trailhead instead of coming off of Amethyst. Um, it is visible from the parking area, but the, uh, the neighborhood context is that Ridgeview Drive across the way is you know, a skyline of residential well beyond this property. As you continue on the Spring Creek Trail, there are residences visible for quite a ways after you can't see this one anymore. Um, and then the, the residential neighbors are adequately buffered due to the locations of the existing homes there um, to the, the west, the north, and the east. Um, and then <clears throat> responding to standard five, that this is not directly contrary to the purpose of the zoning regulations or the master plan. This location is directly adjacent to Steamboat Springs, which is a designated growth center. Uh, it's well served by infrastructure, emergency services, and its location at the edge of town means that it's not gonna adversely affect agriculture or wildlife. This driveway is gonna serve single family homes, which is a use by right in this zone district and all other, all other uh, zoning standards will be met except for setbacks. Let's see, and then to respond to, there was a public comment saying that, uh, questioning our public notice, I personally posted the site October 12th um, in a conspicuous visible location. I, I inspected it regularly. Um, at one point to install culverts where that was located, the sign was moved from its original location, but I asked the contractor to put it somewhere that was you know, conspicuous and visible from the county road. Um, and uh, at one point when they were doing the culvert installation, they had a piece of equipment between the trench that they were digging and had some excavation spoils. Um, so there is, I think it was November 4th in the afternoon and then overnight and November 5th, there was some clutter that was making it so that, you know, from certain angles, it was not a very conspicuous location, but, um, for the majority of the notice period, we had it in you know, the most conspicuous location we could. We're certainly not trying to hide anything from the public. Uh, I would imagine that most of you, as most people from Steamboat do, have walked past this site multiple times in the last month and would have seen this, uh, this posting. Um, and last comment, I know I can be long-winded, but we, we understand that Construction is not fun for anyone. It's disruptive and inconvenient for neighbors. I mean, we, we grew up in this neighborhood up on Blue Sage Drive and remember when Ridgeview Drive was developed. 
And uh, it was disruptive at the time, but since then, a bunch of great people have moved in there and I'm glad that they're our neighbors. And we wanna be good neighbors to them. Um, but saying that us building a retaining wall for this road in this location will somehow diminish the experience of Spring Creek um, due to its visibility is kind of, you know, calling the, I guess the pot calling the kettle black because the existing homes on Ridgeview Drive are uh, the residences that kind of establish the residential character along Spring Creek and County Road 34. So thank you very much to the board. Um, that's all I've got. Thank you. Uh, staff, you're on. You're muted. Could we hear public comment first or do we? We'll do that after staff. Okay. So I do have some comments that I would like to make. So I'm going to share my screen and get going. So this is an aerial photograph of the site. Uh, these are the lots in question right here. Here's a Spring Creek Trailhead. Uh, amethyst right here, the high school further to the west. So as Marsh said that these parcels are legal non-conforming. They were created in the 1890s at a size of 25 by 99 feet. Um, and they, some of them have been consolidated over the years. Uh, currently there are eight legal non-conforming lots. And when the county adopted zoning in 1972, the agriculture forestry zone district was uh, given to these lots. Uh, Marsh touched on the fact that in 2016, a variance was obtained for a residence on the, the far eastern portion of the site and the driveway and associated retaining walls uh, needed for that driveway. And uh, that alignment has changed a little bit, but is roughly in the same location that was approved in 2016. Uh, so single family residences, driveways and retaining walls less than four feet tall are all uses by right in the AF zone districts. Uh, permits from public works for grading and excavating and a work in the right of way have, have been obtained. And if the applicant needs to construct a retaining wall that is four feet or less, no approval from the county is required. So just wanted to uh, let you know that even if this is denied, some retaining walls could show up as long as they are four feet or less. Uh, so the application is for those four retaining walls that are identified on the site plan that I'm gonna pull up right now. So there are the, there's the site plan, the 
yellow areas are the areas that retaining walls would be. Uh, this uh, area right here, the maximum height of the retaining wall would be 10 feet. This area right here, the maximum would be 10 feet as well. This one, uh, approximately four to five feet. And then this one, if it's needed, would be approximately four to five feet as well. Uh, so there was one neighbor comment that was included in the staff packet that went out to you guys last week and then an additional three were submitted today. And so I would like to respond to some of the issues that were brought up in those letters. The first is uh, notice. So the regulations require the application to be scheduled once the application is deemed complete. Uh, there are mul multiple methods of notice that is required to inform the public and all posting timeframes that is contained in the regulations and internal policies have been followed. There are multiple ways to get in touch with the planning department and those have been provided to the public so that they can get in touch with us to ask any questions and find out more specifics about the application. Um, there have been multiple claims that no one knows what is going on and no one knows what the specifics of the application are. Uh, and at least one neighbor has contacted me and has asked questions. And judging by the number of comments and the people present at the meeting, staff believes that the word about the project has gotten out, which is the intent. And so the staff report contains all of the specifics of the project, including the exact number of walls and the size of those walls. And that information has been released to the public in compliance with all laws and regulations. Um, and if the application is approved, the project plan contained within the staff report would be the limit of the approval unless the board further restricts it tonight. Uh, there, Marsh touched on the issue of the poster that was placed at the site and the concern was that the poster was not visible for the required amount of time. So, the zoning regulations in relation to posting getting there, give me one second. <clears throat> Sorry about this. Okay, so posting. Can you all see that, that highlighted section of the regulations right there? So it says the fact that a parcel was not continuously posted the full period shall not at the sole discretion of the hearing authority constitute grounds for continuance where the applicant can show that a good faith effort to meet this posting requirement was made. Um, so the board will have to determine if a good faith effort was made to uh, to post the site. Uh, so there were some comments about visual concerns and 
the the one letter that really focused on that really focused on the fact that it could be concrete uh, a concrete wall uh, the board of adjustment can add a condition of approval that would restrict the use of concrete as the wall material and staff has discussed that with the applicant and they are okay with that and so when staff is determining in visual impacts, uh, the county only evaluates it from public right-of-ways. If we took everybody's private view into consideration, it would be overly burdensome to staff to take all of that into account. And so the walls will be visible from the immediate vicinity of the trailhead, but after you leave the trailhead area, they will not be visible. And the larger walls are not visible from Amethyst Drive. Um, I drove both stretches of Amethyst uh, going north and south and except for when you were in the immediate vicinity of the intersection around County Road 34, you were not able to, to see any of uh, the locations. And so when some of the comments were concerns about changing the character of the area and I it, it was unclear whether the concerns were with the driveway the walls or the overall development um, so it's the board of adjustments job to evaluate the application based on the five criteria in the regs and determine its compliance or not non-compliance with that criteria we're here to look at the walls only, not the driveway, not whether residential development is appropriate here, nor at what density, uh, parking impacts, wildlife impacts, safety measures, none of that is written into the variance for consideration tonight. So uh, staff would encourage you to focus on the, the five criteria and put all that other stuff to the side. Another concern that was raised was the safety measures that have been employed on site. Uh, staff conferred with Public Works um, to see if they have any control over safety at the site. And all of Public Works permits state that the permittee is responsible for establishing safety measures to protect the public from any and all harm. Uh, the enforcement of safety measures is the responsibility of OSHA. It is not the responsibility of the county. And OSHA responds to complaints and accidents, and they do visit sites randomly when they are in town. Um, and Alan, it's certainly beyond the scope of our review of the application. I would agree. Um, so criteria number four contains the statement will not diminish the value, use, or enjoyment of the adjacent properties. Uh, the, the definition that staff uses for adjacent is immediately touching the property. And that is consistent with how we send out our adjacent property owner notices. And so we applied that same definition of adjacent that we use for notices to this statement as well. And uh, there are no uses on that city open space that separates 
this site from uh, from the Spring Creek Trail, which is actually on County Road 34 way. So uh, staff believes that the will the, not diminish the value use or enjoyment of the adjacent properties. Criteria four also states it, that it shall not change the character of the neighborhood. Does the additional development change the character of that particular site? It does. But when evaluating this standard, staff was looking at it from a much broader perspective. Staff used the character of the surrounding area as residential in nature. This is based on the church across the street and the residential uses that are, that are on three sides of the site. And so if the board is inclined to approve the application tonight in the, in the motion, make sure that you reference the setback table that is contained in the staff report, which details the setbacks for each of the individual parcels. And please include the findings of facts and the conditions of approval that are contained in the staff report that would go towards uh, uh, showing what your rationale for approving the application is and any uh, conditions or restrictions that you would like to place on the approval. And so that's my presentation for now. I am certainly open to answer any questions that you may have. What is the staff's, this is Jerry Albers, what's the staff's recommendation on this, Alan? Uh, thank you for asking that. It was, uh, staff recommended approval of the application. This is Becky, I'm concerned, of, uh, I, I don't know, um, Brian, are we having a discussion now or where, where no, are we? Uh, what, it, what I'd like to do is proceed in this fashion. Let's start with uh, questions by the board of staff or of the applicant. Once those questions are dealt with, then we will have discussions with respect to approval or disapproval. Um, After that, public comment. Yes, then we will open uh, the meeting to comments from uh, the public. Uh, Excuse me, I got that a little bit out of order. The comments from the public will uh, be mm -hmm. after or before our discussion. Anybody got any problems with that? No. Okay, Does it, are there further questions of staff or the applicant? Really? Doesn't appear to be any. Um, I want to set some ground rules for public comments. First of all, uh, we're going to limit the commentators from the public to um, 10 minutes. Ah. Did someone say something? If you have something to say, identify yourself and address the board. For 
the understanding of the person that ex expressed dismay. I said 10 minutes each, not a total of 10 minutes. I'm hopeful that it won't take 10 minutes each. I'll open, uh, Tegan. Tegan, are you there? Uh, Tegan left. She is. She's done for the evening. Can I help you with gotcha. something? Are you host, hosting? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Do you have the ability to um, mute the public um, and to allow one person at a time to speak? Yes, we do, Brian. And I'll just help the um, public out by saying that. Um, please stay muted. If somebody has a question, please raise your hand. Um, there's a icon on the bottom um, of your square of where you are up on the screen that you can do that. And we will um, go in order. If you are on by phone, you can raise your hand by pressing star nine um, to show that you have, you would like to speak for public comment. Um, and Brian, if you would like, we can, um, I can assist you in that and let you know and call on that person in order. That would be perfect. Thank you very much. Sorry You're to welcome. interrupt. Alan, would you mind unsharing your screen? Thank you. Actually, I would like the um, criteria to be put back on the screen. Okay. Um, if anybody is interested to make public comments, you can raise your hand now um, or press star nine if you are on a on the phone. Before we do that, um, I asked Ellen to put the standards back up so that you can understand the scope of our review. There are several concerns that have been raised uh, by the comments that have been placed in writing. Those concerns are very valid concerns. I'm, I'm not denigrating them at all. I've had uh, construction next to me um, in this past year. Uh, it's a pain, it really is. But we don't have the ability to um, it's not within our purview to um, place any uh, conditions on approval or, for that matter, disapprove on the basis of the inconvenience that construction um, may cause. Similarly, we are looking at four specific part for specific, speak much, um, possible locations of uh, retaining walls. And our approval, if granted, or our disapproval, if uh, that's the way we intend to go, are based on the locations that are in that 
uh, drawing, which becomes a part of our record. Could I also ask, uh, Brian, that um, each member of the public, as they uh, begin their comments, state their full name so that I can get it in the record? And Absolutely, if it's a sorry. weird spelling, please spell it. Well, did <laughs> you ask if it's a weird uh, spelling? I, I don't think my name is weird, but it, no, it, no, yours is totally straightforward. Not to worry. Okay. <laughs> so if, if you've got a question as as to spelling, please ask. Will will do. You're on, Kathy. <clears throat> um. So. We have Sue Birch has her hand raised um, so far. Um, Sue, if you'd like to go ahead and um, unmute yourself, you can make your public comment. Um, thank you, board members. My name is Sue Birch, B-I-R-C-H. And I am a resident here in the Spring Creek Circle area. My property does not directly touch the property, but it is very close by. So I really have three concerns and I sent later uh, uh, earlier in the day um, a memo outlining those three concerns. First and foremost is safety concerns. I just wanna be certain that as the construction continues that we step up some efforts. There was a pretty big ditch. It looked like we're a culvert and I apologize, I'm a nurse. I don't understand the building industry, but it looked like a pretty big ditch that was pretty significantly deep and there was no fencing. There was a bobcat that was kind of positioned over a very minimal part of it, but somebody and or animals could be falling in that ditch. And I just, the safety during this construction with all the traffic down there and the pedestrian and bike um, concerned me. And there was a fatality decades ago um, in that area. And so I just think we need to be very careful um, as this construction continues on. Um, I also um, understand that there has been um, some dynamite blasting and I as a neighbor would like to know about that. So it, it was kind of interesting thinking about why did certain stuff outside fall off the wall. So I would just like to know about that in case there are um, any impacts. And I don't know if there's anything more scheduled. Um, I'm also concerned about soils and water. Just, I don't know if um, there has been approval to hook up to the city water system or if there will be wells, but I can tell you that living in this area, there have been problems with ditches before that have spilled and created mudslides. Our neighbor um, to the north of me had a spring that erupted and was degrading their foundation. And so that I'm not a, I'm not suggesting that this is related to the current work, but I'm just worried about what soils and or water considerations. And then I'm also concerned that that's a pretty massive um, driveway. And so what kind of water um, retainment and or erosion controls will be put in place, not only during, but after. And I'm not sure how the retaining walls will impact that, but I, I'm hoping staff have um, really looked into that. And then lastly, I'll just say um, that it's just been a little disappointing to me other than a few fallen signs. I've not heard anything directly from um, the landowners. And it just as being good neighbors, we 
sure would have liked to have known a little bit more. Is there, is this eight lots, four lots? Is, I, I have just been a little disappointed between the city and county, a lot of confusion even of whose responsibility is the safety features, you know, who do you report things to? And um, so it just would be nice had we had a little bit better of a process to understand these changes that are occurring. So those are my three issues. Thank you very much for the board for hearing them out. And I appreciate the landowners um, listening and hopefully working with the neighbors so that we can make sure safety uh, remains of paramount importance and that we can um, resolve any of these other issues that might arise. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have to tell you that although I concern, I understand your concerns and I think that they're very legitimate. They're beyond the scope of review by this board. Um, I would expect staff to take note of your concerns and address them. And I would expect the applicant to take note of your concerns and address them. Thank you. Brian, I'm not seeing any other public comment at the moment. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see on the screen how to actually raise a hand, so. Oh, there you go, okay. Well, you made yourself noted. Thank, thank you. So, you. My name is Craig Tolliver, T-O-L-L-I-V-E-R. And I, I am opposed to the granting of the variance uh, to allow uh, an addition, uh, to allow the retaining walls to be built without the setback requirements. And I would just start by saying, you know, this board, as you know, you deal with very important issues, right? We're not dealing with a situation like you see with some county or city agencies where you have a policy that can change, you know, uh, on a yearly basis and nobody sees it. You deal with the ability to grant variances to allow people to build structures that will likely be in place for hundreds of years. So for children and grandchildren and their grandchildren will see the result of the decision that you make tonight. And what's at stake here is a request to build a series of, of retaining walls above Spring Creek Trail, right? I don't think anybody in this virtual room would doubt the fact that Spring Creek, I mean, it is a gem of the community. So this is a very, very important decision. And so I'll remind the board that of course, the applicant cannot do what he seeks to do without a variance from the board. So he's actually asking the board to allow him to build retaining walls that he could not otherwise build directly above Spring Creek. So this is a very, very significant issue for the community. And what you have here is on, on factor number four, a total failure of proof. I don't need to remind the board that it is the applicant's burden to meet each and every one of the factors that would entitle him to a variance. Factor four, as the Route County zoning regulation state looks at whether the variance if granted will diminish the value, <laughs> use or enjoyment of the adjacent properties among other things. And this, <clears throat> this definition of adjacent uh, that the staff mentioned a second ago is, is to the extent they're relying on that to not, to not perform their full analysis or ask the board to not perform its full analysis is contrary to state statute 
And we'll discuss that in just a minute. But when you actually look at what this zoning regulation states, there is no way, it is, it is an absurd proposition to say that the value, use, or enjoyment of the Spring Creek Trailhead would not be diminished. I think the applicant himself just said a minute ago, if I wrote it down correctly, that probably most people in Steamboat Springs, he said, have probably walked by there. He's probably right. It is a community, it is a gem of the community. And to say that putting a series of retaining walls, I don't know, possibly concrete, possibly not. His application said concrete of up to 10 feet tall, visible from the trailhead, that diminishes the value, use, or enjoyment. And there, there's no proof in the record that it doesn't. And it's the applicant's burden of proof. It's not my burden of proof. It's not the board's. It, it's, it's his burden of proof. So I would ask, you know, what, <clears throat> what analysis or study has been done to assess the, the diminishment, if any, to the value, use, or enjoyment of the area around the trailhead. We've heard nothing from the applicant. And in fact, if you, if you look at his application, it is completely cursory and perfunctory, right? It basically says, I'd like to build a bunch of, of uh, retaining walls above Spring Creek Trailhead. It won't change anything. Now, he doesn't know that. That's his opinion. That is not evidence. Even the staff, what has the staff done? I noticed that the staff's opinion says, it's the staff's opinion that the proposed retaining walls will not affect any of the items listed in this criteria. That's not evidence. That is not evidence. That's the staff's opinion. So what this board is entitled to see and what the public is entitled to see is what the staff relied upon to make this very crucial determination. Because I haven't seen it. I don't know if the board's seen it, but it's certainly not in any of the materials. <clears throat> I mean, imagine for a second, hypothetical. Somebody's asking for a variance to put a high rise office building on Lincoln Avenue. And they filed an application and said, eh, nobody will care, 30 stories on Lincoln and not a big deal. And imagine that the staff came and said, we recommend doing it. It's our opinion and won't change anything. Now, I could be wrong, but I would guess that nobody Nobody on this meeting would think that that's proper and why not? Because there's no evidence, there's no study, there's no feasibility study, there's, no, there's, there's nothing to assess that factor. So again, complete and total failure proof on factor four, which means the board must deny the application. <clears throat> if the board is not <clears throat> inclined to deny the application, I recommend that the board continue this hearing until it's had a chance to actually get the proper information in the application on file so that the public can consider it. I mean, this, this board is a quasi-judicial body, as you know. That means you're not vehicle registration, you're not the driver's license office. There, it doesn't really matter what's in an application, right? I can go in, I can file an application before the vehicle registration office, let's say I leave half of it blank. And then they say to me, you know what? You left half of it blank. Why don't you fill it in? It doesn't matter. That's fine. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, nobody's on the other side of it. There's no public comment. It's an ex parte process. 
this is a quasi-judicial body, okay? Which means a hallmark of any judicial body, any judicial body, a hallmark is the ability for either the, the opposing side or here, the public, to be able to see what is at stake so they can make comments, right? It, that's what this body is. And so when the applicant files an application that says, this application is for, I'm, I'm quoting, all potential retaining walls that may be required. And then he submits a, a diagram that says, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a study after soils are evaluated. We'll tell you what we want. It might be, con quote, a concrete wall, a stack wall, or stack rock wall, sorry, or a rock retained slope. That is not appropriate. That is not appropriate. We heard here tonight from the staff that it's apparently a 10 foot wall and he and the staff provided detail. Look, the applicant can't just put on the staff the duty to do his application for him. Why not? The applicant may know what he wants and he may decide to tell people two days before the hearing he may tell the staff, but guess what? Nobody else has a chance to weigh in. That is the problem. You cannot call yourself a quasi-judicial body. I'm sorry, you cannot, unless you require what any judicial body would require, which is full and appropriate notice. Not, I file an application to get my hearing on, on, on the agenda, and then maybe I'll tell you in two days what I really want, okay? So that, that's not appropriate. And I don't think, imagine that there's, <clears throat> let's just assume for a second that there's judicial review of this by the district court. What evidence would you point to? What evidence <laughs> that would establish factor four? If the, if the judge asked, you know, <clears throat> county or board, what did you look at to assess the impact on this, this gem of the community? Well, I haven't seen anything and I've been listening very hard and I've heard nothing. So if the district court said, how would the public have known what the applicant really wanted when he couldn't bother to put it in his application, kind of did this cursory application? How, how would the public have known? I don't know what the answer would be to that. Finally, um, on this agenda. You're approaching 10 minutes. Okay. Please wrap it up. Okay, on this adjacent point, um, if I understand the staff correctly, if they're suggesting that the board not consider that the Spring Creek Trail is adjacent, that is absurd, absolutely absurd. If you asked anybody down at Spring Creek whether it was adjacent to what's going on, whether there's a five or 10 foot uh, period, uh, boundary of land between it, nobody would say it not, it's not adjacent. The applicant admitted in his application that he was just north of the trailhead. He thinks he's adjacent. And the statute, as this board knows, is CRS 3028-118. That's where the board gets its, its authority from. That's where the route county zoning variances get their authority from. There is nothing in the statute that says the word adjacent. All right. I'm not saying that the, that the county can't include in its zoning regulations a way to put in effect what's in the statute. But what you can't do, what you cannot do, is use some crazy definition of the word adjacent to avoid looking at what the statute says you have to look at, which is the public good. 
It doesn't say that if there's a 10 foot period, uh, barrier of land or 15 foot that, that somehow the public good goes away because it's not adjacent. So if that interpretation is being taken, it is flatly contrary and illegal conflicts with, with CRS 302118. I don't think there's any question about that. Finally, one last point that I'll wrap up because I know other people have comments. Lack of signage, okay. Okay, so it may have been, so let's say we have no idea. I haven't heard from the applicant how long it was actually down. We know it appears to have been down at least probably four to five days in the week before this hearing. I would point out two things. Those are the most important days. Those are the days before the hearing. Secondly, if you're walking along the trail and you've seen that sign up and you walk along a few days before the hearing and you see it gone, what is your natural assumption? Your natural assumption is that the hearing must be off. So he unfortunately moved the sign to where nobody could see it in the most important days just before the hearing. So that's why this is important. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Chrissy, are there any more comments? I'm sorry. Hello, Hello can I make a comment? Go ahead. Hi, um, I'm Claudia Droll, D-R-O-E-L. I've, I've written a letter um, what, what I, I'm going to try to be very brief here, I, I agree with the comments of both Sue and Craig that we just heard. I'd like to ask a couple of questions. Why was, was the develop, why did the developer start on all this construction? I believe it started around the middle of July. If there was no variance at all in place, I don't quite understand that. And number two, at what point, and who is responsible um, for looking out for the safety of the public? I have expressed concerns about explosive and falling rocks and so forth. Sue Birch expressed more safety concerns. And the only answer I heard was that OSHA was in charge of that. As I understand it, OSHA is in charge of of uh, guaranteeing the safety of employees working on a project, but who is responsible and in what way for the safety of the public? Thank you. Uh, Claudia, um, the, the only thing I can say to you is that this board does not consider um, on-site safety with regard to the public or employees. It's not within our scope of review. Well, who is responsible? Your concern would be better addressed to staff. I, I, I have I, I've expressed that concern to staff and I, I haven't really heard a satisfactory answer. Okay, thank you for your comments. May I be allowed to speak? Hello? Uh, yes, could you identify yourself, please? Yes, my name is Ken Brenner. I live at 789 Spring Creek Circle. This is my wife, Pam. We, um, <clears throat> I'm, well, I want to start off and thank uh, Mr. Chairman for an opportunity to, to provide public comment. I'm here to ask the Board of Adjustments to deny uh, this, um, application for a variance. I have, uh, I don't believe that they've met 
conditions three, four, or five of your standards for the granting um, of variances. I'd like to start off by saying that the Spring Creek Trail is the main access that was developed uh, from Steamboat Springs into the National Forest. Uh, this happened <laughs> following uh, the 1991 death of my sister, who was uh, literally killed about 100 yards across the road from where this, the current entrance to this parcel is. Um, I, from my deck, I, I am literally 25 yards from the corner of this land. My, uh, uh, from three entrances to my house are literally 25 yards from the, the northwest corner of this land. My southeast corner touches this. And I have never heard anything about this until a couple days ago other than just to notice that there was a tremendous amount of activity and construction going on on the site. The Spring Creek Trail access is a major wildlife corridor as well. And yes, this type of, of additional construction does have an impact on that. I have wildlife in my yard pretty much every day of the year. Um, I'd also like to uh, um, talk about uh, the drainage issue, I think that that's a significant concern because right now it looks like it's just going to end up down there on that road. And we've seen um, um, some pretty destructive erosion that's taken place there in the past. Uh, so I have a real concern about that. Um, next, um, the lack of setbacks on the property. I mean, this is, this is not a, a site that anyone expected to ever be built. Uh, the um, city of Steamboat Springs has a hard incorporated urban boundary. Inside that boundary, you're allowed urban density. Outside that boundary, the county is, um, has committed to using 35 acres as their standard for development. So why encourage a, a very dense use in a county area on a highly used, I mean, there are usually uh, dozens of cars at any time of the day, seven days a week, uh, for using this trail. Um, and obviously, from the death of my family member, this is a concern that everyone should be aware of. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I've lived in this site for 25 years. Uh, I don't think there's any question that the uh, they've already begun the changing of the character of this area with the construction of this road and the almost nonstop heavy construction equipment moving in and off of this uh, site, uh, including um, uh, tr uh, trucks on about a, a 15 minute interval, uh, literally uh, 60 yards uh, from my front door is, is where the bulldozer is currently parked that runs um, often six days a week and, and often till close to dark. Um, another concern, the lack of notice. When I served on County Planning Commission for almost two years, we always had a circumference of a site that was notified. And to say that I don't have, that I'm not touching it when I'm literally, my corner is the same corner, I find that hard to believe. And I can tell you right now, this neighborhood is full of people that are gonna have all kinds of concerns and they don't know anything about it. And I guarantee I'll change that in the near future. This is not 
uh, consistent with what should be going on here. This is a site that should be petitioning the city for annexation and the city has a long history of being very skeptical about a site that is so narrow, steep, and right at a very congested place where the community uh, recreates on a regular basis. And then finally, as per number five, um, you know, I got on the Spring Creek Monitoring Committee for three years after my sister was killed. And we came up with the plan to build this road all the way up to Dry Lake Campground. Um, you know, my family put uh, uh, benches and uh, uh, picnic tables along this trail to, you know, make it a, a recreation amenity that all, all different kinds of people would use and, and utilize. And obviously, uh, being the main access from Steamboat into the Forest Service and to the Steamboat uh, Mountain Park um, and the, the fact that this is a dense wildlife area, this is an area that does not need that type of new development in this area. Um, the city committed with the development, I, I then went on to be on the city's parks and rec commission where we, we did a lot of work with recreation amenities like Spring Creek Trail. Um, I was on city council for eight years starting in 98. I also had a couple of years on the county planning commission during that period of time. Um, I can tell you right now that the, the city's master plan was last updated when I was still on the county planning commission. The city has committed to, uh, we have a, the city and, and the county have a cooperative land use agreement philosophy that's unique in the state of Colorado, that the city of Steamboat Springs agrees to do infill density and redevelopment to provide a, a true urban experience and outside of the boundary, the county is preserving open space and land and functional agriculture and wildlife habitat by adhering to this one for 35 acres. So the, um, it seems completely antithetical that this, all of a sudden we're starting to develop these ridiculous parcels of land that are directly adjacent to the city without telling the city to do the annexation. I wanna know when did the county decide that they needed to do urban level density outside of Steamboat's incorporated boundary. This is the nose of the camel coming into the tent. It's consistent, it is inconsistent with three of your five criteria. And again, I urge you to deny this variance request. Thank you for an opportunity to speak with you. Um, I'm the applicant's brother. Am I too close or can I just say a quick thing? Uh, go ahead, Gates. Uh, my name's Gates Gooding. I am a co-owner and um, co-driver of this project. And Ken, I wish that there were flat sites left that we could afford. Um, a lot of the concerns that you all have are very reasonable. Um, a lot of the concerns are based on rumors and other things that are untrue. Uh, I think, you know, if you want to take the time to talk to us about our project, you actually might get excited about it, right? It looks horrible this year. We're not trying to say that it doesn't. And no, this has nothing to do with our application tonight. Um, it's a huge mud pit. And unfortunately that is a step on the way 
to get where we're going. Um, we've already spread topsoil. Revegetation re is going to be happening soon. And then we have a big program of permaculture and orchards, et cetera. And we also feel like we'll be good neighbors. If everybody gets a pencil ready, I'll give you my phone number in a minute and you can call me personally. And I'm happy to talk about everything that we have going on. And you, I also encourage you to give my phone number out. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, just give me a call. And I think that you should be, you're gonna have new neighbors. Um, the county did not create density. This, these lots have been there for since 1892. And now we're just building on them. Um, we want our spot too. And, you know, you guys all, live in homes that were built. And when you built them, there were similar impacts. It might've been a while ago, you might've purchased the house and not been personally responsible for those impacts. But nevertheless, I mean, change is hard and I totally get, we all wanna close the door behind us. Um, my brother and I are a very old family. We've seen a lot of development during our own lifetimes. And, you know, our family's been here for, longer than most, um, but if everybody's ready, my cell phone number is 846-4834. And again, I encourage anybody who would like to give me a call. Thank you. Okay. Um, I don't believe I see any other public comments. Um, I don't know if I see Brian um, on the call any longer. Um, I'll ask the board how you would like to proceed. Would you like to go to roundtable? Um, this is Becky. I'm new on the board and I don't know what that means. So what are you what are you saying, Christy? That Brian's dropped out? Um, I don't see him on the call any longer. <laughs> um, yep. However, you do have enough to move forward. Um, you can close com public comment and discuss it. Brian's the chair, right? He is yeah. the chair, but um, but y'all among yourselves still have five members present. Sure. So, yeah, uh, you just need to designate, um, you know, an acting chair. Can somebody give Brian a call? Do we have his phone number? I'm working on it. Give me a minute. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be good to get him back in here if we can. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um, I, let's take a minute and see if we can't get him back. He's a key member here. I'm going to step away for a moment. Yeah, I guess I would suggest maybe we take five. Sure. Okay with me. You know, it's uh, it's pushing 7.30. Let's uh, just plan on getting back together at, by 7.30. And if if we haven't gotten Brian back on, then um, 
we'll figure out how to move on without him. Okay. Okay. Yes.
Okay, it looks like Brian got back on, but is working on um, fixing his um, computer issues. Brian, can you hear us? Alan, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Brian. Good. That wasn't fun. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of remote um, public, hearings, public hearings. Yeah, I haven't had any problems so far. So I didn't really know how to uh, get back uh, in. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Um, so, yep. Brian, what was the last, um, you heard all of Craig's public comments, and then um, I think I noticed you went out sometime either in the middle or after Ken Brenner's public comment? Uh, actually, at the beginning of his comments. Okay. Um, all of you, if there's somebody that wants to summarize Ken's comments, you can ask him to um, state his public comment again. Um, we can summarize that for you, um, however you would like to proceed, Brian. Uh, somebody should summarize for me. Okay. Um, I Sarah? Can do that unless there is um, a Sarah? board member that would like to do that. Go ahead, Christy. Um, Ken's comments um, had to do with his experience on planning commission and on city council and his understanding of noticing requirements, um, specifically about adjacent, that in his opinion that they used to send notice to a radius as opposed to by definition as well as um, the, he was giving you some feedback about his um, uh, dealings with the overall master plan um, and the um, IGA the county has with the city for urban type development not to be located in the county. And that's what's happening here. Um, he did speak of a tragic loss of his sister on that road as well. Um, so there were safety concerns um, as well as um, uh, visual impacts. And those would be my summary notes. Um, anybody else jump in um, if I missed um, any other important aspects of um, summary? Yeah, I can say that uh, Ken, uh, feels that neither criteria three, four, nor five can be met. Um, 
he also discussed it as a major wildlife corridor. He discussed the drainage concerns. Um, he's saying that it's not a site that anyone ever expected to be built. Uh, the traffic concerns Christy mentioned. Um, Sir, did he have anything further to say that uh, with regard to the criteria three and four? No, he did not. He simply just said that he felt that neither three, four, nor five could be met. Um, he did discuss the notice of adjacency, saying that uh, that there used to be a, a policy of of involving, you know, of notifying a. Um, a radius of people and uh, to my knowledge, I mean, I was doing this job then as I am now and I don't think that the policy regarding notification has changed. Um, Do we know whether anything um, involving this particular application has gone before planning commission? I'm sorry, what could you repeat that please? I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna I'll, I'll jump in and take that one. Then I do have a couple of other comments. Uh, so as I said, during my presentation, these lots were created in 18, in the 1890s. Almost the, the first master plan was for the county was adopted in the early 80s. So we're talking these lots are created 90 years before any master plan was created for the, the county, 80 years before the county adopted zoning. So these are legal non-conforming lots. And that is why, so they require no approval for single family residence uses uh, or driveway uses or any other use that is a use by right in the agricultural forestry zone district. If, the county were to deny a building permit for residents on any of these lots, the county would most likely get sued under takings and would most likely lose because these are legal non-conforming lots. Uh, and because of that, the there is no approval that is required from planning commission or for the planning. So the answer to my question is no, it, nothing about nothing concerning this application has come before planning commission. No, nope. and, and because I, my understanding is that the fellow that was making comments is a member of the planning commission. Uh, he was a member of the planning commission. He, is he was not a now. member of the commission years ago. I see. Okay. So again, all uh, are, there, are there any more uh, public comments with respect to this application? There are not. Okay. Close uh, the portion of the meeting dealing with public comments and open it to discussion among the board members. Anybody want a couple things? Go for it. I'm on the um, County GIS website. I'm looking at Google Earth as well. And uh, I guess out of the public comment, uh, the thing that I um, zeroed in on was the uh, that item four, 
value, use, enjoyment adjacent properties, curtail desirable life, open space in the neighborhood, nor change the character of the neighborhood. Neighborhood, I guess to me, uh, does not mean properties that are immediately adjacent to this site, number one. Um, number two, I guess, I'm not sure how you define neighborhood, but when I look at the location of this parcel, um, it sticks out a thousand feet kind of east-west into open space, city open space, and then fairly large ranch parcels. So, and um, what else did I notice here? Buildings are gonna require more variances. So I think, you know, we're, we're starting down a road here tonight with whatever we decide. Um, I guess I'm also wondering the city as a joiner, have they weighed in? Were they noticed directly? Were they, did they need to be? Um, I have that question for staff. Uh, they, they were noticed. Okay. They didn't so, have any comments. The city should be um, should be doing their job as far as um, responding to applications like these um, for the public for their residents. So I guess I, I've got to you know I would say that that notice requirement's been you know to the trail users uh, was satisfied when we noticed the city. Um, one other thing I guess I'd part with. Uh, used by Wright Allen, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, used by Wright, yes. Um, owners in this, in the county are, have a right to, to build a single family residence on, on a buildable lot, right? If the setbacks preclude that, that's why they're here. They don't necessarily have right to bust the setback. Um, I think that's all I've got right now. Does anyone uh, want to talk to Jeff about his concerns? Well, I, I agree uh, with what Jeff has uh, done. I've been looking at that Google Earth uh, and the area there. Uh, it's a, I guess I have to say in one way, does a, does a let's say a stone wall, if not a concrete wall, uh, really, if I mean, I go on that trail all the time. And I have to say to myself, if I look up and I see a stone wall, is that going to diminish my enjoyment of that walk? In actuality, the uh, one that's closest to the trail, let's say, is actually above the parking lot. And I mean, that would have no effect on me. So I have a hard time grappling with uh, a diminished enjoyment, especially, and I think, I would think about uh, a condition that these not be concrete walls. I mean, that's a concern. I can see that that isn't natural. So it could be a stone wall. You know, we could, we could require that. So- I think, um, Don, I think that the applicant said that he was amenable to having that as a condition. Yeah, and uh, yes, but we can make it so that it's so. You bet. Yeah. 
Uh, if, if I can weigh in. Um, yeah, of course. My concern, and I, I want to focus, I know a lot of the comments were um, certainly important comments, but they don't go to what our issue is here today, which is really the retaining wall. So I, I want to try and focus just on that. And my concern is, I don't think we have enough information about what they're going to do. Um, they don't know the size, they don't know the material, they don't know how many. Um, I just don't think this application is ready for us to make a decision on. Um, I understand we could put a bunch of conditions, but I don't feel comfortable saying, okay, let's approve this, and then putting a bunch of really substantive conditions on it. Um, I think one of the the things that will make would make a huge difference to me in whether or not they're complying with the fourth um, element is exactly what the wall looks like, what it's made of, um, and um, how big it is. We don't, I, I know we have the diagrams of that, but I, I would like to have um, a schematic drawing or a, a rendering of, of what that looks like. Um, that's what you know, architects do, that's what planners do. Um, and, I, and I would like to see that. I just don't feel like we have enough information to see if at least number four and number five um, have been complied with by this applicant. And, and I don't know if that means we vote to deny it and have them reapply with more information. And, and I thought what Mr. Tolliver said was, um, was really on point about it's their burden to prove that they can satisfy four and five. And with the information that they've provided, they just haven't done that. They haven't provided anything because it's, to me, it's just way too um, amorphous at this, at this point. And as I've started to say, I don't know if that means we deny it and have them reapply with additional information, or if we just say we're, we're going to um, postpone this and ask them to amend with additional information. But I just, I, I strongly feel that with the information that they, the applicant has provided, I don't have enough information to, to say whether that they have proved they've complied with number four or number five. One of the things that we can do, Becky, to avoid having to republish and go through those steps is table. That, that, that would work. You know, I, I don't want to make anybody reapply or, or something that, that they don't need to do, but just so that they can somehow supplement. I hear you. With what, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is that um, we could table the application, table consideration of the application until our next meeting. And that would avoid the need to republish and go through all the steps. Right, Brian, if I can just make a suggestion um, and just clarify one point. If, um, if you deny the application, they cannot reapply. Um, I know that. So, right, so um, yeah. if you did wanna table this, I would ask that you be specific of the information you think that is lacking. Um, reviewing the application, they did submit site plans with locations and heights of the wall. Um, so the information is in the staff packet. And if you feel you need information beyond that, um, please just be specific of what you'd like to see um, so they can come back with that information for you. Thank you, Chrissy. Any of the board members have additional 
questions, comments, discussion? Yeah, I've got I, a couple I, things, maybe. Yeah, go, go for it. So I guess as far as tabling for further information, I have to agree with what was said by Becky about the um, plans being pretty vague. So location, type of um, material for the wall, uh, height of the wall, a little bit better defined. Um, some renderings of what they would look like from various viewpoints might not be a bad idea. That might be some of the specific things that we might ask for. I, I'm just a little bit nervous and believe me, Gates, Marsh, um, you know, Landmark, uh, I was around, we, we did some surveying on these parcels some years ago. We, we're not in there anymore, but um, I can hear what you're saying when you say, uh, you know, uh, those houses up there on Ridgeview Drive are, are a little bit um, visible from Spring Creek Trail and shutting the door behind you is not necessarily a realistic um, uh, expectation, um, but maybe a little bit more information uh, regarding exactly what you do wanna do and maybe some specific um, addressing of the, uh, I, I don't see where item three is in any doubt, but four and maybe five, I, I haven't reviewed the route county master plan so um, I, I guess I don't know, but in, in my general experience, Route County has been pretty much, you know, the fewer driveways, the better. Um, but uh, four, I think, is kind of a sticking point for me anyway. So, so anyway, um, I guess I would, would probably go the way of maybe tabling and letting the applicant um, maybe come up with some responses and maybe a little bit better idea of what they want to, want to do. Don, you had something you wanted to say, I think. Yeah, well, I, uh, actually, Jeff has said it better than I uh, probably would. But uh, one of the things that I don't quite get is with the, um, you know, the notice to the citizenry, uh, I get we, we deal with the adjacent properties every, every time we look at one of these things, uh, but we don't deal with passers-by. Uh, is, is that uh, notification that's out in front of a property, is it for the passers-by to comment on? I, there was an allude, some of the people who spoke alluded to that. And that that the sign wasn't there. I think that if you really looked at it, the signage was there for a preponderance of the time that it was required. And it may not have been there for two days and they jumped on it. But um, does, is it for passersby to, to comment? I don't get it, I don't know. I mean, I- Yes, the, the poster asked. is placed there so that those that do not get the adjacent property owner notice or read the legal section of the newspaper are aware that an application is taking place on that property. And okay. they have the ability to provide comment. That's why on that notice, contact information for the planning department is included. Right, okay. Well, that, that's cool. And I'm, it, I guess I was kind of confused by the fact that the folks around the corner, even though there was all the construction going on, 
didn't didn't respond earlier and complained that they didn't know what was happening. And I, you know, that kind of went over my head a bit. So I, I didn't take too much stock in it. And of course, we have a whole bunch of people that are concerned about non-board issues uh, that I would have the same kind of concerns, but I would attack it in a different way. But then I'm, I've been in the construction business, so I kind of know what it's about. So, um, so I, I would not, uh, should we not look at this from the standpoint of uh, just a hands up thing of who would approve and not? We've done that at times where we, we took uh, just a, a non-binding uh, look at this thing to sure. allow it to go. We can do that, Don. Uh, Joella, are you still with us? I'm, I'm with you, and I, and I have a comment that... Uh, I, I, want, I wanted to make sure that you know that you could participate. Yes. yes. Okay. I, I'm concerned about the language of the, of the request. Um, I, I, I read it five times, hoping to make sense of it. And I still can't. And, it, and staff can go back and look at it. It's the phrase that describes all necessary and required retaining walls. Um, I, and it seemed to me, as I read through the entire uh, piece, that they are not entirely certain that they know what will be necessary and required. Seemed there was also talk about soils that needed to be tested and various other things that, from the appearance of that, could mean that the all necessary and, and uh, required retaining walls are going to look quite different than the drawing that we have that shows the, in yellow the four places that they could be. Um, I'm I don't see how we can approve it as written, and I don't know that we want to sit here tonight and invent language for them. And if we say that we're approving it only within the, the, uh, the specs of, of, the, of the yellow marks for uh, proposed retaining walls, what if that doesn't work? And we'll be back when we start. I, I, whether or not any of us believes that this is desirable, um, I think it's a mistake to approve that language. I, I'll make an observation and then uh, at Don's suggestion, um, I think we need to do something like a straw vote, but um, the drawing, Joel, is part of the application so that we do have information as to the possible locations of the wall, and there are four. Those are the ones that are uh, identified by yellow marking. So that's, that addresses part of your concern, but certainly not all of it. Uh, I'm gonna take a little bit of liberty with Don's suggestion because I think I have a sense of what's going on. 
And that's I'm going to take a straw vote as to um, whether the sense of the board is to table um, this application and ask for additional information. Don? I don't know how you, I don't know how you do this, but yes, that's, that's what I think we should do. I'm okay. kind of leaning towards tabling. I'm, I'm interested at this point what the applicant might think of tabling. Uh, I think that that's something that we can do, whether the applicant. Oh, understood. Understood. Or not. I absolutely understand. Yep. Don? At this moment, I would approve. Jerry? Is Jerry still with us? He's muted. Hey, uh, Don, do you mean that you would approve the application or that you would approve tabling? No, I'd approve the application. Yeah, this is Jerry. Sorry, I unmuted myself. I'm with Don. I, based on you know what we've done in the past, I don't see how we don't approve this. Jeff, um, are you suggesting that you would be more comfortable with tabling this? I am, yep. I would make a motion to do that if we were, um, if I thought that was going to go anywhere. I would second Please that. Please make the motion. There's been a motion made and seconded. I move that we, well, table. actually, I'll go ahead and make the motion. I move that we table this application until we get more information regarding um, the nature of the retaining walls and until the applicant has a little bit of time to bring back some information regarding addressing um, item four here regarding uh, character of the neighborhood. And I would second that. Uh, There's been a motion made. Brian, sorry, Ellen. And make some comments. Um, let's. It goes towards the motion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so we staff would request that you table to a date specific so mm -hmm. that the noticing requirements don't have to be so the adjacent property owner notices don't have to be sent out again um the next hearing for the board of adjustment is monday december 14th and then i would also suggest putting a deadline for when this additional information has to be submitted so that everyone knows when that, what that deadline is, and then when they can expect to see that additional information. So um, I would have a question for Marsh. So if they were to table it to the December 14th hearing, would two weeks from today give you enough time to put together the information that, uh, that they're requesting? So far, absolutely. We'll see if they have additional specific requests, but I see no problem with that right now. Okay, so then 
what what my recommendation would be to table it to the December 14th hearing date and require that any that all the information that's requested be submitted by November 30th. That is uh, one, two, three weeks from today and two weeks prior to the, the hearing date. I, um, I can add that to the motion. Okay. And I'd second that addition. Um, can we define what we're looking for? Um, uh, uh, we've said what we don't like, but we haven't said what we would like to see. And uh, for me, I would like I would like to see if if we're going this way, which appears we are. Uh, I would like to see some rendering, if you want to call it that, architectural drawing, uh, which gives a concept of uh, of where these walls are going to be. The ones viewable from uh, the uh, uh, walkway, and um, and what they're going to look like. I mean, I think they're we live in the mountains, so I think they're going to look like uh, an appropriate uh, stone edifice, let's say. And I think that's really uh, is the, what's everybody else feel. Is that what they'd be happy with? So the the information that I have written down is the location the type of materials, the heights and rendering of the, of the walls. Is there right. anything and that's, else that- That's what I'm talking about is, okay. you know, basically what it's, what it's, how it's gonna be perceived from down below, which is what uh, most of the people hung their hat on uh, in the objections, even though, you know, they're living up above and looking down on this and may not like what they may see. Um, so there, there's some consideration in that direction as well. Jeff, it's your motion, uh, are you happy with Alan's uh, conditions? Yes, indeed, yep. And Becky, you seconded. Are you happy with them as well? Yes, yes, I think that's, that's the information that I would need. Okay. That's um, one other thing. Let me we... back up a little bit. Go ahead, Jeff. So standard of for granted or denial of variance. Uh, item four, I think um, somehow we need to speak to that. I think Craig Tolliver uh, was very specific. And I think that um, I think we probably ought to get item four addressed. Now, I was, I was going what... to address that and uh, was going to suggest a site visit for the Board of Adjustment, and that would be noticed. Everybody that submitted comments and was present tonight would get notice of uh, notice of that uh, site visit as well. Uh, would that suffice or were you thinking something more specific than that, Jeff? Well, you know, I think the burden of proof, I believe is on the applicant, is it not? Uh, it is. The, the, regulations, it is. the regulations don't say that there is a burden of proof that the applicant has to prove. It, they, they may not say that, the, Alan. We go off Alan, the it may, it may not say that, but, um, 
the applicant is the one that is is, is asking for a variance. So yeah, without and, being, and let, let me change my language there. I Go believe ahead. that the burden to prove that the application meets the standards for grant of the variance is on the applicant. Yeah, I, I don't like burden of proof. I'm, yes. you know, I, a former I, lawyer. It's up to the applicant to demonstrate they meet the standards. Let there me, you go. Let me put it that way. There you go. So, so Alan, I guess if Gates Marsh, if you guys um, want to do a site visit or however you want to do that, but Alan, I think that's that's in the hands of the applicant. Let's uh, let's close with one other thing, if we can. Um, we have to make a finding that there's been a good faith compliance with the notice requirements, despite the interruption in the notice requirements. I'm sorry, the interruption in the posting of the sign. Do we want to address that now, just to get one of the things out of the way? I'd be amenable. Sure, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, well, that's something I brought up earlier. And uh, I, I think if you look at it and you say, well, here's how many days the notice was there and here's how many days the notice might have been uh, uh, not as available, uh, seems like it's gonna, that, that whole thing's gonna go away. So Jeff, are you suggesting that in your motion, you would like to include a finding of fact that uh, the noticing requirements have been met? Whatever Becky, Brian has in mind. I don't well, think that that's necessary, maker. Becky. Um, this is uh, something other than uh, a decision as to whether we're going to table. Um, this is one of the things that we had to we have to find um, with respect to the granting or denial of the variance. Right, but my question yeah. is, is it included in the current motion to table? Because that's still on the table right now. Well, if we were to postpone uh, the finding until uh, we meet again on uh, in December, um, then we wouldn't have be uh, addressing that finding today. Are you suggesting that we ought to just make it a part of tabling? I would suggest that you do so that uh, the notice requirements for this hearing have been met and can just be continued to the, to the next hearing. Could you explain that a little bit better, Alan? Uh, yeah, so if you make the finding that the notice requirements have not been met, then the application needs to get noticed again. And so if you make the determination that the uh, noticing requirements have been met for this hearing, then there would be no, no need to notice the December hearing because it was tabled to a date specific. Gotcha. Are you happy with that, Becky? Uh, I think it was Sarah that was making those comments. 
not not me, but I'm happy with it. <laughs> okay. Does anybody else want to talk to uh, whether we should make a finding that the notice that there was a good faith uh, compliance with the notice requirements? Anybody else got want to discuss that? No, I think we can make that finding. I'm good okay. with it. Me too. Jeff, are, are you okay with us not voting on um, your motion uh, to segue into the notice requirements? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to move that we find that the notice requirements have been complied with in good faith. Is there a second? I'll second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Okay, Alan, you've got your finding that there's been a good faith compliance with the notice requirements, so you don't have to go through that again. Okay, there's still a motion on the table regarding the tabling. I know that, sir. Um, does anyone have any further discussion with respect to uh, tabling the application to, uh, what's the date, Alan? 14th of December. And I think um, that Jeff was okay with uh, amending his motion to uh, require that uh, the additional information be submitted by um, November 30th. Am I correct on that, Jeff? That's correct. Information, okay. required information to staff by November 30th. Um, table to the 14th. Back on the table, December 14th. Yep. And, and I would like to add, in addition to just um, providing that information, that perhaps um, they also need to um, supplement their narrative on number four to explain how that additional information means they comply. Instead of just providing some drawings to us, I, I would like them to say, Here's our drawings, and the reason these drawings comply um, is whatever, whatever their argument they're going to make. Thanks, Becky. Um, is the applicant still present in the meeting? Yes. You heard Becky's concerns. Um, and there is a motion to table to the December 14th meeting. And there's a suggestion that uh, you provide information, uh, drawings, and a narrative with respect to satisfaction or dissatisfaction, I guess it's satisfaction, with standard four. Um, are we ready for a vote on the motion to table? Or does anyone else have any comments that they would like to make? When I say anyone else, I mean the board. All those in favor of tabling, um, 
this application until meeting on December 14th. Please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please say nay. Nay. Who was that? Me. <laughs> you done? Very. Um, we have, I guess you could call it a super majority that wants to table and the motion to table has carried. Um, would, Alan, would you get together with the applicant and assist with regard to uh, providing us with the additional information that has been requested? Yes, I will. And I would like to correct one comment I made that the regulations do state that the applicant shall have the burden of demonstrating that the applicable standards have been met. So I was incorrect about that. So it is the burden. I don't think you were. It's it's burden of proof that um, is difficult to engraft on these proceedings. The, the applicant certainly does have the burden, <laughs> I'm using burden, bloody lawyer, um, certainly does have the, um, the need to justify uh, his application and should address all of the um, criteria for our findings. Um, does anyone have any further discussion with respect to the motion to, uh, we've already gone through that. Does anybody have anything further to uh, bring before the board? If not, I'll take a motion to adjourn. I move we adjourn. So, oh, heck, I'll second that. <laughs> There's a football game, man. Um, <laughs> all opposed say no. It looks as though the motion Second. to adjourn. Oh, so it has been second, seconded by Don, but thank you. Um, I, the motion carries. Stay well, everyone. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye, Brian. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Guess no administrative report, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, we, we got we got three applications on for uh, for the for the next meeting. <laughs> I tell you what, what? I tell Wait you what. Yeah, it's, uh... I'm still here. I object. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because I couldn't find my button. <laughs> three. Good, good point. Is that four now? No, uh, three. We have two scheduled. Oh. Um, and then this Just scheduled already for December. Oh, well, yeah. I'm on vacation, so I won't be there. Oh, man. Lucky you. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, we, um, I mean, I've said this before. I mean, it's crazy what we're seeing with variance applications. We typically see five per year. Right. Now, last year, we That's only what... had four. No, I've got, I've got a, a timesheet of mine for BOA that's like three years long. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're up to, we're up to 13 applications and we just got another one in on Friday. Well, I want to raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, craziness, but uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll all uh, you'll need lots of caffeine or something else. Oh, in your, uh... actually... oh, speaking of which, I'm so sorry that I was late. I was sitting here with my computer in front of me, and I got totally wrapped up in this article I was reading and completely spaced the time. Like, <laughs> I'm like this is like, unlike I Sarah. I'm like she usually tells like... me. I mean, Heck, I have to make my wife dinner before she goes to work. It, she leaves at 5.30. And so, and then I go, well, Mayor, where are all your parts to your computer, which I use? And she went, huh, parts? I said, yeah, like the mouse and the keyboard. And she goes, well, I never use that stuff. I don't know where it is. <laughs> and so she starts running around like crazy. I said, just go to work. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you got it figured out, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, guys, I yeah. just, I just, uh, yeah, I just spaced. I was just sitting here at the dining room table with my computer in front of me and didn't even think about it till the phone rang. Good thing, <laughs> I, I, good thing we have you on speed dial. There That's you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, guys. Well, have a good night. Good. Enjoy okay, the game. Good night. Bye. Um, <clears throat> and uh, hold on one second. Uh, no, it's funny because uh, when, because Alan sent